0: What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. Back with our our usual guest here, the usual suspects, Jive Turkey and Nano. Um, Welcome back, man. Glad to have you.
1: Thanks for having me. Let's go. Let's Let's get it.
0: Let's get it going to jump right in let's go ahead and drop some tunes here get some background music going you guys let me know if it's too loud for whatever reason i had that happen one time stream yard damn you um and we are back this time we are going over arguably early 2023 fight card of the year contender in in ufc vegas 69 here i mean the most stacked card i've ever seen in my entire life being headlined by jessica andrage on short notice fighting against who's she fighting against oh
1: great question i'm just kidding she's fighting against aaron blanchfield (laughs) come on guys um
0: aaron blanchfield is an up-and-comer in the division and when it comes to her opponent jessica andrage we have somebody who's been here for a very long time and somebody who's played this game for a very long time and is very good at the game she plays ladies and gentlemen um I think it's quite a mismatch. I, I thought the original fight was gonna be a very good test for Aaron Blanchfield, but looking at this one, it, it almost just feels unfair. I'm interested to hear hey what now, your hey thoughts now. are.
1: Take it easy over there, all right? You started off a little cold blooded to our girl cold blooded over here. Aaron, why don't you cold blooded? <laughs> It's a cold intro for this one, man. No, I, I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, Olin, you know, but I we do gotta put some respect on this young girl's name. She is 23 years young, so she is a bright-eyed future's ahead of her, most certainly. She is going up a brick house, going up against a brick house on short notice in Jessica Andrage. But man, this girl is no one to be messed with. I I actually The more I was looking her up and doing research here for the video, the more I fell in love with this girl. I mean, she's an EBI BJJ uh, champion, so she's great on the ground. You know the vibes. Um, She's well-trained in Muay Thai, has some head kick knockouts as part of her highlight reel. Uh, And then on top of all that, her most recent win over Molly Meatball McCann was just a textbook clinic. I highly recommend. No one saw it live. Go check it out. On UFC or YouTube or wherever you could find it, my goodness, she she let it be known she deserves to be here, right? She's young, she's an up and comer. Um, this might be one of those fights. It might be shades of a a young Dustin Poirier fighting Conor McGregor early in his oh, career, right? Still great. I the love gills. the comparison. I was thinking about it all day. I was like, <laughs> who who's a, a good comparison of a good, talented person who can be champ? Has all the makings of it this has shades of that uh here yeah. for so hey it may not be the most exciting card through and through but let's check out that main event there's going to be it's going to be a good one
0: look make no mistake guys i i was being facetious i was being kind of a dickhead <laughs> i actually am very excited about this card this is one of those things where uh, let's see Oh, great point by Miss Mary 616. Sorry if you guys already mentioned this, but does Jessica have a hand injury? I actually saw a picture earlier that was circulating on Twitter and uh, I I zoomed in on it and it does actually look like she may have a hand injury Um, just because she she has a a wrap on her hand. Let me actually just go ahead and share my screen here. I'm, I'm just pulling up that picture. Since I don't have a Jamie quite yet, I'm my own Jamie right now. Um, Jen says, hey, Mary. Hey, Jen. <laughs> Glad to have you both in the chat. Appreciate you. Um, so let me just share here. Just a window. Here we go. So if you look at her hand here, you can actually see the right hand is wrapped um again it i mean it's obviously wrapped i'm thinking maybe she damaged her hand while fighting um against gosh what's her name the waffle house waitress herself lauren murphy um I, I think maybe she hurt her hand fighting her and i mean that fight was not that long ago it was like a month ago if that and now she's taking this fight on short notice if she's coming into this fight with a damaged hand That could very, very much impair her game. And on top of that, just like you mentioned, Emiliano, she's going against an absolute animal in Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield, you said something that actually stuck out to me when you were talking about Blanchfield. You said she has the future ahead of her. Now, to put that into perspective, I think the future's behind her, man, because Macy Barber was talking all that trash. And after this fight, Macy Barber's gonna have to earn a fight with this chick. <laughs> sorry. Bad bad nickname <laughs> joke since you grass. made yours about cold-blooded. <laughs> 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 so sorry. Nice. Aaron Blanchfield, I think, is is if you're going to put underdog money on somebody, she might be the underdog to bet on in this one. Just like you said, like you have your veteran, the Dustin Poirier of the fight, is the Jessica Andrade, and then you have the exciting up and comer that this is the biggest test for thus far. In basically, you know, her Conor McGregor is going to be Aaron Blanchfield, maybe, and Aaron Blanchfield does bring a whole lot of things to the fight. And and just like Jen said, like Andrade is taking this fight on short notice. If she's taking it on short notice, and she has a hand injury. I mean, kudos to Blanchefield for taking it on, on short notice. Just like Jen said, Blanchefield has balls. Um, you can check the anatomy on that. You can Google it. She's got them. She's got balls. Uh, seriously, though, balls is still this chick is incredible. Her her fight credentials speak for themselves. Like, realistically, if you haven't heard of her, you should really go and look up her fights on Fight Pass or, or the ESPN app, whichever one you've got. Um, her her most recent wins are over. People like Molly McCann, as you mentioned, JJ Aldrich, who is also an up and comer. That's really good. Miranda Maverick, another young lady you might've heard of. Who's really freaking good. And not only did she beat Miranda Maverick, she beat her across 15 minutes. She beat her in a decision. And in my opinion, there was only one way that fight could have went. So Aaron Blanchfield is the truth. She's absolutely a beast. And I like the way that she fares in this fight. Um, as a betting man, I would put my money on andras just because I think stylistically it's a weird matchup for for her compared to what she was training for. If you look at the original matchup, the original matchup was Tyler Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield, and that fight is nothing like this fight. <laughs> like Tyler no. Santos presents a ton of threats, but they're a very different set of threats, right? <laughs> like
1: yeah, there's just equally threatening a point uh, opponent, but Different threat. same same, but
0: different. <laughs> same same, but different, but still same. But still <laughs> same. They're both <laughs> tough girls. They are tough women. Both very man. tough girls. Um, let's see. Jen said, excited to see this fight, but want to see Andrade at 100 to really see Blanchfield's potential. I 100 agree with that. I will say, if if Blanchfield goes out there, and even if she beats, you know, maybe a damaged, good version of of Jessica Andrade. Where is Jessica Andrade ranked? She's got to be like number two or three in that division right now. And that's going to just pole vault Aaron Blanchfield up the rankings. And then we'll get to see her in a true test against somebody else that, that's maybe ranked number one or like one or two below her or above her at that point. Um, again, I, I think the sky is the limit for this girl. And just like her nickname says, she's cold-blooded, man. Like she's she has one loss on her record. And it was Tracy Cortez before their UFC days, back in the Invicta days. And it was a split decision. If you watch that fight, I could have seen it being judged either way. Um, just like a lot of people that are debating the Islam Makhachev versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky fight. I could see your your side of the argument, but I could also see how a judge scored it four to one. So again, that's that's why judging is so important and that's why it's so important to know the rules and, and things like that. Um So again, that is definitely one of the most exciting fights on the card, but I'm interested like it's that that's low hanging fruit, right? We're talking about the main event (laughs) and it wasn't even the original main event. Like we'll go over the, the original main event later on in the video, probably towards the end, but what, what other fight are you most excited about? Like, do you have a sleeper pick or two?
1: Ooh, great question. And yeah, talking about this upcoming card, there certainly are a few fights that pique my interest, you know, that tickle the fancy. There is one we're going to be talking about here in a bit, uh, in being the Jim Miller versus Alexander Hernandez fight. Uh, I think that's one that's going to go the distance has fight of the night written all over it. Uh, a hall of fame. You think it goes the again. distance? I think so. I think so. Maybe. I'm
0: going to have you <laughs> throw a side bet for me on the under, <laughs> under 1.5 on that one.
1: Okay. Okay. I like it.
0: Just because the, Jim well, Miller's an absolute stud. I think I think in the past, Alexander Hernandez is really game for one round. He either finishes mm. finishes you in the first round or he quits in the second round. Nine out of ten right. times. So from what I've seen, statistically, this fight should finish in the first seven minutes. <laughs> so the I like under it. I like it. the under one point five, I think, is a really good bet for a betting man out there. Um not to completely contradict what you said, I apologize for stepping on
1: your toes. <laughs> that's that's why we
0: call it no filter, guys. Um,
1: but, it's not scripted. We did not script this. <laughs>
0: you know, I, I think I think the under one point five on that is money, dude. <laughs> I like it.
1: I like it. I think my logic in that fight is, you know, maybe the maturation and Alexander, the great ape, Hernandez is going to come in here, maybe be a little more calculated, not be as young and reckless as he once was you know this has all the makings of a previous fight they've had uh that he's had with donald cerrone right the young uh up and comer against an older legend and he learned the hard way don't mess with the old man he's gonna give that old-fashioned ass whooping you know what i mean <laughs> so i think in this absolutely route, he's gonna learn his lesson and be a little more calculated uh but his trajectory's going up jim miller a legend has the most fights in the ufc 40 has dethroned uh cowboy cerrone with the most it's, it's hard for me to see him winning. And and I think he's too game to to be put away. I, I can see it going the full three. But hey, that's what gambling's about. You never know. Anything can happen.
0: One more thing that I want to point out about this one is the fact that uh, Alexander Hernandez was just in a, a, a slobber knocker of a fight where he got bested by Billy Quentilo, who I think is an absolute stud and a name that if you don't know right now, you will in the next two years. Um, Billy Q is a beast. And that fight is one that you should definitely go back and watch. I probably will watch it again later today or tomorrow just because I'm talking about it now. Um, That Billy Q versus Alexander Hernandez fight took place on December 10th, and it went only only two rounds, uh, or it went uh, about 1.8 rounds, right? Because it finished in about uh, four minutes, 30 seconds into round two. Alexander Hernandez fought at featherweight for that fight. He's going back up to lightweight for this fight for me, I feel like he's just looking for a way to win. And confidence is a very big part of this game. Um, I think he went down to featherweight hoping to be the bigger, stronger man. And somebody like Billy Q was just worst case scenario for him. Um, Probably like six or seven out of ten featherweights that he gets matched up with. He probably beats outside of the top ten. But... He went against Billy Q and Billy Q, like Billy, the squid, man, that guy he's got arms all over the place. He was just blasting. Yeah. him. It was nasty. He's
1: nasty.
0: Um, yeah, he's, nasty. He's, he's nasty too. Like his combos are disgusting. Oh, and yeah, the way crazy. that he made Alexander's face look after that fight, I know that Alexander's a young man and he's got a pretty quick healing factor, but he's no Wolverine either. So I'm intrigued to see how well he, he looks like generally, um, and I'm also just intrigued to see kind of where he's at as far as how fast he pulls that trigger, where his hesitancy is, and is, is he going to come out reserved in the first round so that way he doesn't fade in the second round like he has in, in the past? Um, and if he does do that, do we see that cost him the fight against a gamey veteran that's not going to take the first round off in Jim Miller? Um, as, as our girl Jen said, Jim Miller has old man strength, and, and that is something that should not be ignored. Um, it's a, it's a a very real thing. You'll, you'll figure out about it here in the next few years. Emiliano, I'm, I'm there myself already, you know, we're we're there, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, Jim Miller really does have that old man strength though. Like he's absolutely a beast in there. And the best thing about Jim Miller is the fact that he doesn't have to knock you out. He can knock you out. He can submit you like the guy is so, so, so well-rounded, like, let me let me look up his sure dog real quick. What is his submissions compared to like dude? He has six TKOs and 19 freaking submissions. Come on. Oh, and if it goes the distance, he's got 10 of those too. So, like, the guy's been around the block quite a few times. And I just think this is a bad matchup for Alexander. Who do you have in this fight? If you had to bet on it.
1: I think we're gonna be taking shots. I'm taking late Ape, Alexander Hernandez, the young fighter. I did see a stat. I think it was over the weekend. It was like the younger fighter wins. I think it's 66% of the time. I'm just going to follow the statistics here. Maybe we'll be taking a shot Saturday on the winner versus loser.
0: <laughs> I think we very well might be taking a shot on Saturday. Um, yeah, that's probably going to happen. I'm I'm taking Jim Miller, man. <laughs> i got to take the old man. He's a legend. Uh, He's a maybe- legend. Maybe it's the old man in me. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, it's fucking Jim Miller. And I believe in the guy quite a bit. Um, I think Jim Miller takes this one. And I, this is, this is going to be the ballsy, the ballsy call here. I think he does it quite easily. I think he makes it look masterful. And I think Alexander gets cut.
1: That can very well happen.
0: Yeah. I I think, I think he he costs Alexander his job. (laughs)
1: Jim Miller's looked really good in his last few wins. Beat Donald Cerrone yeah. pretty well. Looked at like he's not missing a step. And a lot of times in the fight game, I mean, if it's you know apples, oranges, you're not that much bigger, stronger, faster, the, the more seasoned vet's going to take it, right? The guy with the more tricks in his sleeve, the more tools in his tool belt, he's going to be able to get the job done in a more variety yeah. of ways and quicker. So I like it. But Absolutely. Hey, I'm going with the young gun on this one.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see who's drinking. We'll see who's drinking on fight night. Um, All right. So jumping into the next one here, we have uh, we're not going in order necessarily. We're just going off, you know, the the things that excite us here. So there's a couple of other fights that really do excite me on this fight card. Um, There's one that just doesn't make sense to me because it's on the prelims and I don't understand why it's on the prelims. We've got, Ovince St. Prue, Mr. OSP himself going up against Felipe Lins. Like this fight has banger written all over it. It's going to be a finish. Um, and you've got Lins coming down from light heavyweight. Uh, OSP, he, he, he tried his chance at, at heavyweight last as well, right? Like he's he's coming. Let's see. Didn't he go up to heavyweight?
1: He's, he might have been bouncing around his most recent.
0: Yes, he did. He went up and fought Tanner Bozer and he got freaking knocked the yep. hell out in the second round. Um Yeah, Tanner the Bulldozer Bozer. Like that's a great fighter, too. Um mm-hmm. and then you have Felipe Lenz, who he's a really good fighter too. I mean, if you look at their their win loss ratios, Felipe's actually better. Uh, but if you look at the who's who of who they've won against, like Granted, Felipe's gone against Andre Orlovsky. He's gone against Tanner Boser, but those are the two biggest names the guy's ever gone against. And those are both losses. He got uh, KO'd by Tanner Boser even faster than OSP did. And he lost a unanimous decision to Andre Orlovsky. And that was only back in 2020. So, uh, again, I mean, let's see. Oh, Miss Mary 616 says there are a few canceled fights. Chance it gets moved to the main card. Unfortunately, like, that's why I'm confused. It's still on the preliminary card and we're three days out from the fights. So you would think if they were going to make any shuffles, they would have already done that by now, considering they've shuffled quite a bit of the other fights. Like the co-main event is Jordan Wright versus Zach Pauga. You might recognize Zach Pauga as a fighter you've never heard of that used to play in the NFL. (laughs) Um, And Jordan Wright, of course, the household name, you know, the Beverly Hills Ninja. I actually am a fan of Jordan Wright. I think he's fantastic. I think he's a very fun fighter to watch. He was on uh, the Contender Series. I think they both were on the Contender Series. But again, like even Jordan Wright, today in the media day, uh, I I was watching MMA Junkies video, shout out MMA Junkie, and they were literally talking and they were like, you know what? Uh, How does it feel to be the co-main event? And even Jordan Wright was like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, You have Jim Miller on the card. You have OSP on the card. And I'm like, I'm the co-main event. This is a mistake. <laughs> like, like, me. <Yeah. laughs> like, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, extra exposure, a little bit of extra pressure, but extra exposure, and that's cool. Like, it, it it's very interesting.
1: Yeah. So I don't understand yeah, no, why OSP that's not, not even be headlining the prelims either. It wasn't even an initial thought. Even, like, you would think that would be fireworks. Jim Miller. And that's and the Alec thing. Like the fight that's above the them. Yeah.
0: I, I, like not to be a dick, but. Like Nazim Sadikov uh, versus Evan Elder? I get it. Like they're both seven and one. The the kind of mirrored the draw. Yeah. The mirrored um like win-loss ratio. But like come on. Like that's not nearly as fun as OSP versus Felipe Linz. It's gonna be a slobber yes. knocker. Someone's gonna get knocked yep. out. Like if I'm being honest, I would rather see AJ Fletcher versus Themba Garimbo as as the the headliner for the prelims instead of Nazim Sadikov versus Evan Elder. I think that fight, like the Nazim fight is going to end up being a fight that goes the distance, probably like to fans that don't train and aren't really into the grappling aspects of it. It's going to be one of those that could kind of push viewers away a little bit or turn them off a little bit. And then you've got like, again, even like Lena Landsberg versus Myra Bueno Silva. I'd rather that, be a preliminary headliner. Like, if we're going to have a girls get it done card, have a fucking girls get it done card, bro. Have one headline yeah. the main card and the
1: preliminary card. Why the fuck not? <laughs> Why not? Double down on it.
0: Yeah, like, yeah I agree. And it, and it might be
1: one of those things, because there are so many canceled fights, like Mary mentioned. Great call out. They might be scrambling a little bit there in the back, trying to piece this one together. Because I'm sure it's way far off the reservoir of what they initially had planned for this card. But what can you do? Well, I mean,
0: before we even jump into the rest of the picks that we have here, since you mentioned like it's probably far off from what they had planned for the original card, like we've already talked about what the main event or the current main event's original fight slated was, which has changed itself. It was supposed to be Tyler Santos versus Aaron Blanchfield. Before that, our main event was Marlon Chito Vera against Corey the Sandman Sanhagen. Are you kidding me? Like, Huge fan of women fighters. Huge fan of Aaron Blanchfield. You heard me, like gas, gasping and, and just like going off uh, uh, about how much I enjoy her fights. But my brother in Christ, Cheeto Vera <laughs> versus <guy>. Corey Sanhagen. <laughs> like, come oh,
1: on, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that's what I've been had. I am circling on my calendar for a while now. I was just the Ecuadorian in me. I wanted to see my fellow. Ecuadorian brother get back out there, but the ramification re- it has for the division, man, that was when I was really anchoring this card. And I don't know if we ever got official notice as to why it was postponed. I don't, know if I, I don't remember seeing any any know.
0: actual reason why, but we both yeah. agree, Jen. We love them both. Uh, I think I speak for both. both of us, right? Like, yeah, cool.
1: Yeah. Like, Corey Sanhagen is like, if
0: Dominic yeah. Cruz and TJ Dillashaw fucked and had an illegitimate love child, that's better than them both and in the
1: UFC. Uh, that's Corey Sanhagen. Out, <laughs> like, <stretch man> guy. <laughs>
0: it's like, oh, he, he kind of looks like Dominic Cruz. Oh no, he actually kind of has that TJ swagger. Oh, he actually looks like both. He's so yeah, he's fucking fun to tall. watch, yeah, dude. He's phenomenal. I don't understand phenomenal. how he makes the weight class. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he got a really skinny frame, man. He's got that, you know, little stomach. I don't know, dude doesn't eat or something. He's like Skeletor out there, but yeah, the the maze. The puzzle that Sandhagen is, man, was what really excited me for this fight. You know, uh, stylistically, it makes sense. They're two top at the game right now in their division. Uh, man, I, I, I'm still excited for it. I, we are still going to get it, I believe, right? Maybe in March or April. I, I have to double check the date.
0: I, I know they they tried that. to reschedule it. I just don't know exactly when they rescheduled it for.
1: Yeah. But it's it's got to be coming up pretty enough. soon. Dude, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> cannot enough. cannot happen soon enough. That's a fight that I was definitely looking forward to. Um, again, there's a lot of fights on this fight card to be excited about, though. Um, yeah. So we, I won't have you completely break down that fight or anything, but just early off, uh, who, who would you have win in that fight?
1: Yeah, my quick synopsis again: two heavy hitting, two very uh, smart, very strategic fighters. I see. I'm hoping Chito Vera can find a way to figure out the puzzle that is Sanhagen. I don't know if he can get that done. I think Sanhagen's craftiness, I think his speed and the pace he's able to fight at, I think will be a problem for Chito. Uh, I see Sanhagen edging out a victory by decision, maybe split, maybe it is close, maybe you know Vito can start to figure it out. But man, this this is too much. He's, he's too much of a problem. He's too fast, too long, and just as talented on the feet. So there's really no edge there. You got to give Sandhagen the nod, and it pains me to say. <laughs> there we go. Maybe that's <sighs> next. Beyond versus. Hagen, as much man,
0: as I man. love you, and we usually agree, um, I gotta disagree with you on this one too. I Ooh, I think I love it. I think that though. Oh, thank you, Miss Mary, for that one. It is scheduled for March 25th. Now let's go. Banger yes. alert oh oh that's the one that got moved to san antonio oh no no dude all right we're staying on a little bit after this call we're gonna look at we're gonna look at ticket prices um for ufc san antonio i heard they were super cheap all of a sudden so it might be the just like i got to see him fight here in san diego prices dropped and plummeted i jackpotted on it and let's go um oh so, yeah, I see that fight. I, I would be wearing my Cheeto Vera shirt, actually. I had I, I put it on earlier, and then I realized it has green in it. So I would be disappearing throughout the video because of the green screen <laughs> effect. Um, Fair. But yeah, I have Cheeto Vera winning that fight. I think nice. he would beat him pretty much the same exact way that he dismantled Dominic Cruz. They have very similar fight styles, Corey Sandhagen and Dominic Cruz. And uh, one of the biggest similarities is the fact that they both lead. With their head, with their footwork. Not many people do that other than your dominant Cruises. I think DJ used to do it a lot, and then he kind of learned his lesson after he absorbed a head kick. I forget who caught him with one. It didn't like drop him or knock him out, but it was one of those where it's like, oh, that could have been really bad. I should probably fix that. Um, <laughs> so he did, because he's like the goat. Um, DJ, that is. So something that Corey does is he he leads with his head, right? So whenever he's swaying. That's going to be a setup for a head kick for somebody like a Cheeto Vera, and Cheeto Vera is somebody that has the same quality as Israel Adesanya, but nobody ever talks about it. He has this innate ability to download his his opponent in the fight, um, and I don't I don't know how much of that is due to him like studying before the fight, and how much of it is him just having that gift, that ability, right, to to literally like. T9000 fucking scan you and be like oh cool there's your weakness got you bud you're fucked (laughs) but he does it I've seen him do it in fights and fights that he shouldn't win like the Dominic Cruz one I was like this is a bad matchup for him and he's like nah and even at the weigh-ins like we went to the weigh-ins live and I literally looked over to Mary and I was like dude, look at him. Look at him. It's like he knows a fucking secret. Do you see the look in his face?
1: <laughs>
0: and he did. He did know a secret.
1: And he called so, it out after. Yeah, he's like, oh, I knew that <laughs> that front kick was going to be there. He dips off to the left and just a matter of time placed it right on the right <laughs> spot. Yeah, was, He knew. Dude. He, he was playing a little mystic mic there. On yeah.
0: That <laughs> and that's why I was like, that's, that's why I said prior, like, I don't know how much of it is like him downloading in the fight or how much he's just like very good at game planning and he just pretends that he doesn't do that much game planning. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think he wins the fight. I think he wins it by knockout probably early in the third round, just because I don't see it. Like if it goes past the like one minute mark, the two minute mark of, of round three, I would see Corey starting to pick up steam because he's like a Dustin Poirier in that division where the longer the fight goes on, it doesn't make any sense, but he somehow gets better. He starts throwing more strikes. His strikes become more accurate. He goes from shooting you with a pistol to shooting you with a fucking sniper rifle. It's just not he fair. He starts flowing. He starts flowing, <laughs> he starts in flowing it's dude. It's a thing of art. And yeah. I was gonna say it's a thing of beauty, dude. Like when he gets into his flow state, it's genuinely mesmerizing. Like, and when, that's the X factor
1: like, for me. That's why I'm like leaning that way. But man, I will happily do a shot if you prove me wrong and Cheeto gets the win. That'd be huge. It'd be huge.
0: Bro, if Cheeto gets the win, I'll do a shot with you, brother,
1: <laughs> just out of excitement. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. That's a day before my birthday, and I am trying to go, but need someone to watch my baby. <laughs> so it's probably not gonna happen. And by oh, her baby, she listening. means her dog, dude. <laughs> I, Jen, I get it. We, we're we're a cat family here, and our cats are our babies. They are fur babies. They run the house just like normal human babies. Uh, and yeah, it's again, she, just like Jen said, he doesn't gas. And he has great cardio um that's just a fight where you, no matter what like we're split down the middle on who wins but either way we're both gonna win that night because as mma fans we'll be thriving watching that shit happen um yeah, that's
1: gonna be a good one that's gonna be a fire
0: one uh so i did want to talk about two more fights before we jump into the kind of okay parlay um those two fights are uh yeah let's see two fights Yes, the two fights I want to talk about are the OSP one versus Felipe Lins. We kind of brushed on that, but just curious, how do you see that fight going down?
1: Yeah, we did quickly brush over it with some broad strokes. But yeah, two veterans in there jumping in the octagon. Um, yeah, someone like OSP who's kind of bounced around, lost to Jamal Hill, went up to heavyweight, got brutally beat up by Tanner Bowser, came back to win against Shogun. I think the momentum's favoring OSP a little bit more. And I think, I think we might see another OSP choke. I don't know. I'd love to see it again. I mean, it's always in the realm of possibilities. Um, Felipe Lin's hell of a you know talented fighter, but I don't think he possesses enough ways to put away OSP.
0: I, I completely agree. I 100% agree with everything you said. Uh, I, I just think OSP has too many weapons in the arsenal. Um, it, it feels like... Felipe Lins is 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 bringing a knife to a gunfight here, um, and OSP is bringing a bazooka <laughs> on top of a few guns, a knife, and a, a, a small midget that's also packing another bazooka. Um, it just it doesn't feel fair. OSP has chokes, he's got joint locks, he's got knockout power, and realistically, he should have never went up to heavyweight. And I don't know that Felipe is going to look good um, in light heavyweight, right? Like again, his last fights. Uh, like his last four fights, right? Like he fought Jared Rochelle, who is an ex UFC fighter, really good fighter, and he got the win over him in PFL. Uh, that was back in 2018. And then he got a win over Josh Copeland in PFL in 2018. Takes two years off, comes back, gets destroyed in a unanimous decision by Andre Orlovsky, gets pelted into oblivion by Tanner, the bulldozer, Bozer. Both of those happening in 2020. Takes two years off comes back and fights Marcin Prochnio, gets the win over him, a unanimous decision win, and that was just in April of last year. Now, again, is a win over Marcin Prochnio that great? I don't know. Right? Like, Marcin Prochnio, he doesn't really have any, like, super crazy good wins himself. And if you think about it, this is a guy that, again, he's a light heavyweight. So, Good for Felipe Lins. He, he got his—he's kind of feet wet, so to speak, with a light heavyweight. But I just don't know that that light heavyweight is the same as OSP that he's going to be facing. I think if OSP has a good weight cut, it's his fight to lose. Agreed. Um, other than that, there's another fight that I just—I I do really think it's exciting. Here, um, we have Jordan Wright. The Beverly Hills Ninja. Again, I briefly mentioned this one going against XNFL nfl player Zach Pauga. Um, this is a fun fight, in my opinion. Both of these guys, uh, I feel like, are essentially kind of fighting for a job. Um, yeah. Which, if you're fighting for a job, that adds a little bit of fuel to the fire here, right? Like, you're going to fight a little bit harder. Um, that being said, I'll let you lead this one out. Who do you, who do you like in this
1: fight? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, just leading up, starting with the matchup in general, right? Yeah, like you mentioned, we got Jordan, the Beverly Hills ninja, coming in here, who had a lot of hype coming into the UFC. So was 11 like 0 at one point, but boy, did that hype train get derailed real quick. <laughs> chugga, chugga, boo hoo. Uh, <laughs> chugga, chugga, <four, laughs> boo hoo. <laughs> lost four <laughs> of the last five <laughs> bouts, three losses in a row. Not ideal. He was able to get a win in there. And in that win, he showed the ability. We know about his striking. It's fancy, looks great, karate style. Um, but he showed the ability to have a strong clinch as well as some punishing knees and elbows in there was how he was able to get the win. It's probably his path to victory here as well. Uh, however, you know, Zach Pauga uh, from the Contender Series, uh, ex-NFL player, always got to shout out the the football guys there, um, did lose to Muhammad Uzman in the Consent Contender Series finale. Uh, vicious knockout, unfortunately. But that was at heavyweight. We are going to see Zach here in the light heavyweight division. So that's exciting. Maybe uh, the weight cut, getting in there with some smaller guys, frankly, will be able to allow him to showcase his skills a bit more. With that being said, I do think that drop, the light heavyweight, do think also being in a training room with Curtis Blades and having someone of that pedigree in there to help coach you up, Get some rounds in uh, is gonna be the difference maker here. So unfortunately, someone's gonna get their job, you know, taken, and it's probably gonna be Jordan Wright getting sent home packing back to the Beverly Hills. He goes. Uh, give me Zach palga here for the win. Uh, probably a knockout here in the first or second round. I don't think it's gonna be quick. I don't think it's gonna be long. I should say, and we all agree with that. If we tune in, stay tuned in for the kind of okay parlay. You might see something there. <laughs>
0: Maybe, maybe. Maybe a little something something there on this fight. Maybe a little something pepper there. Um I am gonna disagree with you on one front. I think the Beverly Hills ninja gets it done, bro. Like I, I really do. I really do. I gotta give you I gotta award you plus one picogram for that chugga a chugga boo hoo quote. That was incredible. Um <laughs> really good. Uh, so Zach Pauga is really is is really fun. Uh like like the story, but if you look at what he's done in the past, Like his most notable win out of all of his wins is over a young man named Marcus Perez. You might recognize Marcus Perez as an ex UFC fighter that used to come with the face painted up as the Joker, I believe. Uh, And then he went on to go and do some pillow fighting stuff. Um, Yikes. Yeah, that's real. I'm not even making that up. He did the extreme pillow fighting where he's fucking like fighting grown men with pillows his most notable win and most recent win was over that guy, the guy you just bet on. (laughs) So (laughs) I know, I know you you deflated Jordan, the Beverly Hills Ninja, but I did my homework on this one a little bit too. And I got to tell you, he's undefeated at this weight class. And he's also undefeated at this weight class in the fucking UFC brother. So I don't know. I'm just saying maybe, you know, like Dustin Poirier. I don't know if you remember his featherweight run. It was fun. But me and Drew used to have an ongoing joke where oh uh, it's it's not a Dustin Poirier fight until he gets dropped at least once or twice. He used to get dropped every fucking fight at featherweight. He was cutting too much weight. All yeah, the lining on his jaw was gone. Yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. A strong gust to win, and he's like shit.
1: <laughs> 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 so on banana peels out there. Yeah, I know, dude.
0: <laughs> dude, you hit him and he's gasping like an anime character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs>
0: So, like, Jordan, like Jordan the Beverly Hills ninja, I, I think it's the same exact situation for this young man where maybe he was cutting a little bit too much weight. And you don't want to cut too much weight when you're fighting somebody like Bruno Silva. And, you know, like, when Bruno Silva knocked him out, it was like, oh, well, maybe Bruno Silva's really good. Dude, Bruno Silva, his next fight after that was against Alex Pereira. So he's not fighting nobodies, okay, guys? Yeah. Like... <laughs> like, come on yeah. and before that like he fought andrew sanchez and then after the pereira fight that guy fought gerald gr uh, gm3 gerard mirschault which i saw uh life that was an incredible fight good for gm3 <laughs> killed him <laughs> but again like this guy fought bruno silva he fought mark andre barial he fought dusko todorvic like Oh, and his first loss in the UFC was to a young man you might have heard of named Joaquin Buckley, dude who looks like an extra in Black Panther and threw the knockout of the year a couple years back. Come on. Like, (laughs) I get it. The hype train was derailed, and maybe he did fight some nobodies before he made it to the UFC. I've never heard of Toby O'Neill or Andrew Wright or Edward Darby or John Lee. Um, Again, those sound like extras in movies, but... (laughs) Or people that are probably 0 and 16 with a combined record. Uh, But yeah, he came in undefeated and maybe with an inflated ego, and that ego got deflated. And I think, I'd like to think that he's probably learned a little bit from there. Either way, we've got two people that are under 35 years of age coming in at over 6'2 and 205 pounds. There's only a one inch reach difference. And it's literally, I feel like the way it's going to look is going to be like the old school comic book matchups, right? Where it's like Colossus versus the Hulk, or the Juggernaut versus Wolverine, where you've got like the stocky kind of short guy that's like, yeah, let's fucking go. And you've got the big guy that's just much larger than him, but for whatever reason, they match up really, really well, and it's so much fun to see. I think it's just going to be a really fun fight. I'm not mad that it's co-main event.
1: I'd agree. There's going to be some fireworks, definitely some bodies hitting the floor, some heavy punches being thrown. And I like I like your analysis on that. You know, again, I think Jordan Wright has all the talent in the world. That hype train gets started for a reason. Uh, let's let's hope we can see the best version of him out there. And yeah, there's a good chance he can put this guy away. He's too green around the girls, too. Zach, he's you know from the contender series, showed some promise, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's a wild card. It's a
0: it's hard. It's it's tough. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I like it. Again, super, super stacked card. And now it's the moment everybody's looking forward to. The Kinda Okay Parlay. You already know what time it is, folks. MMA Anomaly presents... The Kinda Okay Parlay. All right, folks. We have the Kinda Okay Parlay here. Um... Super excited about it. I think it's going to be a really, really good one here. Uh, let me just pull up the graphic so you guys can see what it is to start it off. So T-Piz is not here. Uh, he had a little, little something something happen. He actually lost his phone today. It got shattered and just left in the dust. God rest his soul, that phone. Um, if I, I had like mad, a tiny violin way, song.
1: <laughs> I heard a rumor on the street as he threw it after Islam did not get the submission. After the last parlay. That's the rumor.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I heard about that. I'm pretty sure that happened. <laughs> that actually happened. You can read about it in a book. Should
1: have
0: not It's in a novel somewhere, somewhere published for sure. Uh, so yeah, he, he basically lost his phone, so he's not here today. But his pick was uh, you know, a little bit a little bit low-hanging fruit here. Jessica Andrash, moneyline. Uh, if that hand is injured going to be a little bit worried about that though uh so we got a minus 135 jessica andrage money line since he's not here to talk about it i'm just going to go ahead and say that you know i think he actually made the right choice here i think that this could be a very very good matchup for her if she just locomotive steam rolls forward she can definitely get the finish on this fight could be a really fun one here um and then moving into the next fight we have my guy emiliano here jive turkey nano himself going with William Knight to win by KO, TKO, or DQ with the plus 200. Emiliano, what are your thoughts on that one?
1: That's right. DQ would be hilarious. But no, William Knight, a.k.a. The Nightmare, is the biggest man that you will see capable of doing the splits. It is crazy. This man's ginormous, built like an ox. Uh, another fun fact, he's also benched 225 times, or excuse me, He's benched 225 pounds 47 times. That is insane for you juice heads out there. Guy's built of pure muscle. Don't know how he passes his USADA tests. But frankly, if you look at the man, you should know. He's getting in the ring. It's not going to be a long bout at all. <laughs> just just to cut uh, in,
0: um, rumor has it the way he's passed his USADA tests uh, in recent history is none of them have actually ever made it to the lab due to his piss melting the cup. <laughs> Carry on. And
1: him bullying them out out of the room. And no, it passed. Okay, it passed. If you can
0: bench as much as me, then I'll pee in the cup.
1: (laughs) You're going to write a pass on that negative. Okay, don't (laughs) hurt me. Oh, man. But yes, he's somebody that is very scary. Would not mess with this guy. Coming off two losses, so I think he's going to be in there very desperate for a win, hungry for a win. He needs it. Needs it. Um, So I think with that, it'll give him an edge. And aside from his freakish strength, His opponent, Marcin, uh, who we briefly spoke about earlier, uh, has shown an ability to be stopped in his previous fights, whether it's being lazy with his boxing, leaving his hands down, or getting into some clinches and getting knocked out by a vicious elbow. Just seeing too many holes in the game. Do you think that William Nightmare is going to make his dreams turn into a nightmare, baby? Give me a knockout by William Knight.
0: Let's go. I love that. I love that pick. Um, Honestly, I think that's a fantastic pick, and and I think that you, you're definitely not wrong there. I think William Knight gets it done. I think he's the better fighter. I think he gets it done by knockout, just like you said, and I think he probably gets it done pretty early, probably in the first like four minutes, if I had to guess. Um, speaking of something happening pretty quick here, uh, my pick for the night is going to be the under 1.5 on Jordan Wright versus Zach Pauga. Now, why do I feel this way, guys? it's simple because one of these guys is going to win and the other one's going to die within the first seven minutes of the fight. That's it. Like that's the tweet. (laughs) I don't think that this fight is going to go very long at all. I think that both of these guys are going to come forward. I think Zach Palga is probably going to come forward more. He's going to bring the nonstop pressure and he's probably going to eat a knee for his troubles or maybe even just a high kick. He's fighting a dude whose nickname is the Beverly Hills Ninja, but the guy looks nothing like Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> I think he does a spinning back kick or, or like some kind of just like super quick karate kid kick and just gets the KO. Um, I don't see it going any other way, but if for whatever reason I'm wrong, the insurance policy is that Zach Pauka is going to win in the first seven and a half minutes if he wins too.
1: So it'll be in the first round if he wins as well. So he'll, someone's getting rocked. Someone's getting yeah, put away Someone's real quick. It's rock
0: Sock'em robots at the best of it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that personally that is going to be a very quick fight. I think it'll be fireworks on on both sides uh, and it'll it'll set the tone for that Blancheville versus Andrade firefight that we're going to see right after that.
1: I agree.
0: I'm excited. I'm I'm actually super excited for these fights. Like a lot of people are talking shit saying like, oh, this is a this is the worst fight card of all time. I don't know, dude. Like I've seen some pretty bad fight cards like this actually has some (laughs) firepower on it. It just doesn't feel like it's weighted right. It's just kind of stacked yeah. weirdly.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Some if you rearrange them a little bit, it it, it has all the makings of a good. Cut. It could be a pay per view potentially, especially if Corey and Marlon are on it as well. I mean, no, oh god, running, if
0: that if that fight was on it alone, like that would just change the game, dude.
1: Yeah, facts.
0: And I agree with Jen. Like, it's usually the ones like this that are so fun. Agreed. Like, just looking like. Real quick, just looking at the first fight of the night, you have Clayton Carpenter going up against Juan Camilo Ronderos. Have you heard of those guys? Be honest. Probably not. No. Watch the fight. Guarantee you it ends in under two rounds.
1: I believe it. I love it.
0: They're flyweights. They're going to like those guys fight like freaking super saints. They run at each other. The technique is always super brilliant because they're so small. It has to be. And they're so fast. They make you feel like a fat, lazy piece of crap it's so fun to watch. You're just like, Oh my yes. God, these people are definitely not humans. Do you, wow. How did he do that? Like, it's incredible to watch these flyweights work. And I love when they have smaller guys like that. Start off the card or girls uh, start off the card because it, it gets you going with a lot of really fun technique. And then once you get your technique, feel you're like, Oh, nice, nice. You're all enthralled. Then they throw a couple heavyweights at you that are going to be lumbered and slow, but someone's going to get knocked the heck out very quickly. And that's fun too. Uh, so I I think that these are going to be extremely fun. Just like Jen said, uh, there was one that was underwhelming on paper and it was all finishes. That
1: was pretty recent. And I think that was the first card.
0: Yeah. Like I, and I think that this is going to be one of those cards. There's going to be like, I would say if I had to just like bet on a a finish ratio, I would say we're probably going to get like an 80% finish rate on this card. Ooh. The Blanchfield versus Andrade fight, I think, is going to end in either knockout for Andrade or submission for Blanchfield. Jordan Wright versus Pauga, that's going to be a quick one. Josh Parisian versus Jamal Pogues, I don't know if either one of those guys makes it past 10 minutes. William Knight versus Marcin Prachnio—like again, you've got William Knight by knockout for a reason. The man is a locomotive, and he has iron hands. Like His hands, have you ever seen how big his fucking hands are? They're so big.
1: He's <laughs> huge. That guy. Is, he's huge, yeah, dude. Everything is
0: all natty. Forearms,
1: everything. Yeah. It's like I don't know. He makes weight, but he's he's an animal. Yeah. No. A Isn't lot that of the guy that when he
0: here. won, he said he looks like DC?
1: <laughs> is it?
0: I'm like 98 percent sure that that was him. He won. He. I think he. He's a. He's a. Um. Contender series guy, right? Yeah. I think when he won his his fight on the Contender Series, they're like, man, look at how you're built. He's like, yeah, I got a body like DC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have to find that clip and send it to you. I'm like 90% sure that that was him that said that. And it was fucking amazing.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, I think just like Jen said, cards like this are great to see who we need to keep an eye on. Like facts, the names that I mentioned before that you haven't heard of, like the Clayton Carpenters of the world, the AJ Fletchers, like those are the people that you'll probably be paying attention to after this. Um, Myra Bueno Silva, if she learns how to throw takedowns efficiently, she's going to be a big name in the division. It's just a matter of setting up takedowns for her. Like a lot of these people are people that you either have heard of or, or like you have heard of, but they haven't really caught your attention, caught that spark quite yet. Or they're people that you've never heard of that are just a step away from completing the things that they need to complete and then really getting you on board. So, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a really, really fun fight card. I think we're going to be very, very enthused as fight fans. There's going to be tons of finishes here. Um, and honestly, I, I can't wait to to chat about this one later on. We won't be doing a Sunday episode, though. I am going to be at an event, uh, so I apologize for that. But we will be doing a, kind of a catch-up video next week when we do our video for the Nikita Kralov versus Ryan Span fight uh, video breakdown. That's a pretty fun one, too. Got a lot of really uh, oh, yeah. really nice little bangers. Biggest one for me is that Tatiana Suarez return, man.
1: Ooh, Ooh let's go. It's, it's been too long. From last weekend, <laughs> man. I know it. We're just riding this wave, baby. Starting Dude, off good. Let's go. Let's go.
0: I got to ask you, before we before we break off, and this might cause some controversy in the chat, here we go. How did you feel about Islam Makhachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky? Who did you think won the fight? And do you think that the winner should be pound for pound number one?
1: So we got to bury the hatchet here, right? On this controversy, this controversy around Islam versus Volk.
0: controversy.
1: Controversy, man. I think we just got to take it for what it was. It was one of the best fights we've seen against two of the best we've seen. Period. Uh, Islam won the fight. You know, we can go over rounds. I can give you my two cents. You know, it seems pretty unanimous that Islam probably won one, three, four, two, and five. Questionable. Um, you know, and I think w- why people are hung up on it is that we didn't really get the solidification right of okay, Islam's the guy, or hey, Volk's the guy. They're both just freaking badass mofo's that are just two of the best that we've ever had. Walk the earth. Um, Yeah, when it comes to the pound for pound ranking, you know, a lot of a lot of things get stirred up in it. And I'm someone that comes from other sports, you know, football, baseball, basketball. You hear these debates all the time. MJ versus Kobe. LeBron or Jordan. Kobe or LeBron. Yeah, versus Tom Brady versus Joe Montana. All these guys, right? Steph
0: Curry or Joe Montana. Who was the better goalie?
1: (laughs) Who had more home runs. (laughs) You know, it's it's again, it's it's going to be the timeless debate, which I'm glad we were able to witness it and see it in real time. Um, but you know, I, for the pound for pound, I would say like if we're speaking in layman's terms, and you give Volk ten pounds of let's call muscle, skill, what have you. I mean, pound for pound, I don't I don't think Volk's ranking is diminished. I think if anything, he showed he's just as good of a fighter as, as Islam is, you know, sure. um, his endurance, I mean, his durability, his, uh, I, I don't think he won in all the exchanges. You know, I think we can obviously, we can talk, we can do a full hour episode on this fight to be totally honest. But I do think like Mary says, I mean, I love both of them. They're both all time greats. We didn't get that solidification, but it's because yeah, it's razor thin margins we're talking about here. Right? Like, Maybe with these types of fights, maybe you go uh, back to the Pride days and just have no, no more time or no time at all. Just, just straight twenty-five. Oh, can minutes. we please like, do like, or, or, like
0: know, a Valley Tudo fight where it's just a twenty, like a twenty or thirty-minute round? Just I'd love give that. them
1: no, no time clock. Just who walks out of there? <laughs> you know, oh like dude, that, I would love to that. that. Yeah. But that's what we need. This is just one of those unique fights. You you need more, right? It begs the question, hey, do we need different scoring? All these things, right? Because it's so darn competitive, so darn close between two greats of all time. I love it. It's a great problem to have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, I I, I say we run it with pride rules. Um, Jin, 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 I love you. You're great. I disagree. I don't think Volk won. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think it was a very close fight. Um, I think to to your comment, Pride Rules, if we went off of Pride Rules, Volk won. Hands down, Volk won. You look like basically the way pride works, for those of you that didn't watch, it's pretty much all based on damage. Like, that's all it's based on. So if you look at two guys or girls that fought's face at the end of the fight, whoever looks worse lost the fight. That's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, Volk won, pride rules. Uh, but realistically as much as i usually would agree i hate fights going to decision as well judges are super inconsistent if i'm not mistaken the first judging of that night they fucked up they screwed the pooch it was bad Mm -hmm. uh they i think zubara won that fight and they gave it to his opponent um not not being not even being biased because i trained at aka and like i love all those dagestani guys zubara is probably my least favorite of the dagestani fighters But I thought he won that fight, and I think that if you didn't think he won that fight, I would ask you to watch that fight again and let's please talk about it. (laughs) Because I really think Zubara did everything he needed to to win that fight. Um, Looking at the Islam fight, though, I think Islam did exactly what he needed to do to win that fight. Nothing more, nothing less. I thought he won rounds one, two, and four. I thought round three and round five were extremely clear for Volk. I thought rounds one and round four were extremely clear for Islam. Round two, I could see you having a swing vote, but at the same time, I could also see you giving three to Islam if you have a swing vote on two, which is why one of the judges gave him four out of five rounds. I don't think that that was crazy. I thought three was closer than people were giving it credit for. I went back and rewatched the fight afterwards. I watched it on mute. It makes a big difference when you watch a fight on mute because you don't hear people saying things like, oh, do you see his head moving back with those strikes? It makes a very big difference. The crowd
1: reacting to every shot that's thrown, which every blocked
0: strike, the crowd reacted to every strike Volk landed. The crowd reacted to and every you'd be lying if you ground, said that that doesn't get your heart racing a little bit whenever you hear those crowd reactions. Uh, so, again, I, I would ask everybody to watch the fight on mute. Um, BT Sport was actually super cool. They just uploaded the video, if you're in the UK, so that you can watch it with zero commentary. Um, the whole fight, which I thought was really cool because they see the controversy going around and they want to resolve it, right? That's the best way to resolve it. I, I know forty nine forty six. I don't agree with. <laughs> But I understand how he could have come to that, right? So the same way that you're saying two was close, I thought three was pretty close and you could give it to Islam depending on how you're scoring that fight. Um, Realistically, it was a back and forth round just like two was. So for someone to give him a 49-46, I understand. They could have also given him a 10-8 round for round four, which again, warranted because he had like three minutes and 48 seconds of control time in a five minute round. That's pretty stellar. It doesn't really get much clear, much more clear-cut than that. Unless like I controlled you for almost four minutes and you dropped me twice in the other minute, that's the only time it shouldn't be a 10-8. So I thought Islam did what he needed to do to win that fight. I agree with what Mary said. Keep these two guys away from each other. They're both badass gentlemen. We don't need to ever see them fight again. As far as the pound-for-pound okay. pound thing, I would agree with you nine out of ten times. But this is the one time I wouldn't agree with you only because... Islam risked everything he flew to enemy territory to fight a guy that was coming up that hadn't proven himself in his weight class that was a risk that was an anomaly and the only thing that that guy was putting on the line was his pound for pound spot so for him to basically say like I'm gonna take your belt and then for Islam like him to basically like agree that he's putting his pound for pound spot on the on the line numerous times in interviews and then still maintain that number one spot after losing to the other guy. I just don't think that's right.
1: Yeah, you know, and and Ariel had a point about the part, uh, pound for pound title being kind of a participation award in the sense that it you know, is. It's a popularity contest. It's yeah. Hey, right. We're talking about uh, we're talking about nothing really, right? Just some, a mood point really in the grand scheme. But yeah, I agree with you. Right, that was part of the simulation is, hey, pound for pound on the title. Volk didn't give, I mean, he vacated his title, but he really didn't give up anything else other than, hey, this is for pound for pound. And it just feel, adds more fuel to the whole fire, right? Of, oh, well, people think this or that. And, you know, I, so I guess to Mary's point, right, do we see them running back or is this, hey, you know what?
0: I, I hope now not. Or? I, would, I would like to, so my biggest thing is like, It was a fun fight. I think if you run that fight 10 times, it's fun as hell 10 times out of 10. But wait, what the hell? ESPN has it a tie?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're both both one. But I think Islam's listed first. Wow. But they're both technically one. And then I think Usman's three. So there's no two. (laughs) Well,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. Wow, yeah, they have it. They have it tied. T one and T two, and T one is actually Islam. Okay, I'll take that. That's how it should be. So that's I mean, where it's like, I, yeah, I hey, think it should know, be one and two I mean, instead of like T one and like I think that's weird. Yeah. Like, like,
1: like both didn't diminish his value. If we're looking at the stocks, Volk's value. No, value I mean went
0: up, both so men's value should down. have gone up. Yeah, like both men's value should have gone up, but at the same time, again, I think Islam should hold the number one spot. Volk should hold the number two spot. Let them both fight the next three challengers in their respective weight classes. And then whoever's more dominant across the next three, that person should be number one. Um, Yeah. I, I definitely don't want to see them fight again. I would rather see realistically Dustin Poirier is one of the only top contender lightweights that doesn't have a fight booked right now. Book him against Islam. That's fun. You build a story off of him losing the fight to Khabib, have them fight on American ground. It's a fun fucking story. Let's let's run it. And then as far as, like, you drop down a weight, you got featherweight, that fight's already made. You got Yair Rodriguez just literally waiting to break that man's ribs, and that's a fun fight. Yeah, You got the karate kid versus, obviously, the Cobra Kai guy, right? Like, this guy's fucking strike first strike hard, no mercy, Alexander Volkanovsky. That's a fun fight. I'm more excited about that than I would be against the rematch.
1: Yeah, and I think Volk is as well. As much as Volkanovsky... The competitor wants that rematch. He's even said, hey, there's a new guy. There's a new guy at Featherweight, and it's Yadier Rodriguez. So <sighs> that's a new challenge for him. Love to see it, JDM.
0: Sorry, we got to talk. We got to talk right now. We got to talk about JDM, or, yes. or or as he's as he's now being called, JD him. He's that JD guy. Him. That's JD him. Against Luke, uh, that's dude. Okay, so I don't know if you saw my huge. last episode, but I did the solo I episode I did. That's literally what oh, I yeah. said luke versus jdm is the fight to make um that ah, god that would be a good fight and i agree i think he's definitely going to be champ i think he's a horrible matchup for a vast majority of the people in that weight class right now and the fact that he's this young in his career in my opinion i mean like he's not a young man by any means like how old is jdm right now he's like
1: 26
0: Oh, is he that young? Oh, dude. God help everybody. Yeah. If he's that young, God help everybody. Because, oh, yeah, dude, he's 26 years old. The guy is 170 pounder. And, like, literally just since joining the UFC, he's taken down Ramazan Amiev, Danny Roberts, Pete Rodriguez, who looks like a creative fighter for sure from the UFC games, and Randy Brown. Now, the people he's taken out isn't so much the, the thing to take note of. It's how he's done it. Four fights, four first round finishes. The guy has spent less than 20 minutes in the octagon and he's got four wins and multiple bonuses. That's insanity. And he pissed a lot of people off that bet on him on Saturday because nobody bet him to win by submission. And what did he do? He went out there and he submitted the guy that was supposed to submit him and Randy Brown. And he made it look easy. And Oh, Magni. I like Magni too. I think that's a fun one. The Haitian persuasion. The Haitian sensation. I like I Luke a more. Just,
1: tied up. Yeah. Luke's good. Doesn't have a dance partner. I think Magni has a fight coming up with a. Oh, no. Oh, no. He just lost the Brenton. Huh? That, that would be a good one. Yeah. I was going to say he just
0: lost recently. He just lost. And he didn't right? take a ton of yeah, damage. He got subbed.
1: A month behind. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. That'd be a fun he one. got he subbed SSSed out. Kiesa's Kiesa would know, be fun too.
0: He doesn't have I thought Kiesa just got matched up with somebody, no?
1: Oh man, I hope I'm not totally behind here. Let me double check. I didn't I didn't see anything when I did first glance.
0: Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know why I thought he got matched up with somebody recently. I could, I could be wrong though. Um
1: he lost to Brady, but that was 21. Has he not lost? Oh yeah. He's been doing podcasting and commentating. I don't know if he's, uh, I don't know if he's scheduled.
0: Oh, real quick. Can but we talk like about Luke this K. Jack Jenkins guy? Have you heard of Jack Jenkins? Did you watch the early prelims on Saturday?
1: I believe I watched, if not all, I watched all of them. If not most.
0: So there's this guy, there's this young man. His name is Jack Jenkins. Um, <sighs> The guy's disgusting. He has broken, I think, four of his last five opponent's legs with leg kicks. Oof. And he's broken five of his opponent's leg kicks overall. USADA oh, needs to yes, test his yes. legs. Like, they need to yes, see what okay. his legs are made of.
1: Because Goodness. I don't know that yeah, they're made of okay. flesh and
0: bone. Like, <laughs> they Jack were Jenkins about is him. incredible.
1: Yeah, he's, he's the next... Uh... Edson Barboza I guess or something I don't know dude he's he's like reminiscent of a young
0: Edson Barboza and and like a young Jose Aldo the way that he throws those leg kicks and what's crazy is like he throws them with such great form but it's not even really the form that makes them so good it's the intensity like genuinely every time the guy throws a leg kick you can see the look in his face that just screams like oh he's trying to break my leg (laughs) (laughs) Like, like he genuinely looks angry when he throws leg kicks and, and it's just tossed the wind.
1: He's like, I don't care about Dude. this limb that's attached to my body. I'm whipping it as a darn sword or something.
0: He's he throws it like no it's a fucking more. crowbar. Like there's no feeling in it, and he's just gonna break your shit with it. He's like, like one of my Muay Thai coaches at AKA, he used to teach us how to do like Thai sweeps, uh, like on the outside. And he'd literally the the analogy he'd use to tell us to keep our like foot straight up or bent would be like, use your leg as a crowbar. Keep your legs like your legs straight and your ankle bent, crowbar, and sweep them with the crowbar. You just hit them with Sleep. the crowbar, like basically saying like if, like keep your legs straight and hit them as hard as you can with it. And if you do the technique right, even if they defend it, the crowbar is going to hurt them, and they're probably going to fall. And then you still have top yeah. position, so it's still a there sweep, even if it's an ugly sweep at that point. Um, so, <laughs> like that guy is basically he's that guy. Like he has, Yeah. Just, disgusting leg kicks he's 11 and 2 right now um he hasn't lost since 2018 uh and, and i think he's a very great addition to to the ufc he's gonna be one of those guys that's a lot of fun to watch i can't wait to see who they match him up against next
1: yeah that hey that division's open now the champ's uh quite a kicker himself so if he has like made a vibranium question mark there oh, <laughs> you go something yeah Something okay.
0: See, I knew there was one that got announced. Okay, Kiesa will fight the leech next. Yes, he just got announced to fight Lee Li Jing Liang April 8th.
1: Nice. Okay,
0: oh man, you. I hate that match for Kiesa. Yeah, that's thank you, Jen, for coming through with that. But that is that is horrible matchup for Kiesa. I think it's great for Lee Li Jing Liang, though. It's a big name for him. I think Kiesa still like pretty, pretty highly ranked. I think he's like number seven, number eight, maybe in that division. Um.
1: Man. okay you better keep your your phone on loud you might be getting a call soon here from the matchmakers
0: i think i think he is definitely going to be getting a call uh i, I think that's probably the best matchup to make uh and then there's there's also just like a lot of fun, i mean there's so many fun matches to make after fucking ufc 284 dude justin oh. taffa heavyweight backstep knockout looked like a looked like a young Conor McGregor knocking out Jose Aldo. You can look at those two so things clean. together and it's almost identical. It's almost identical, yes. the knockout. It's terrifying because that man is about 120 pounds more than McGregor was for that fight. He's, he's another human being bigger than Conor McGregor was for that
1: fight. <laughs> he's two or three of them.
0: Yeah, he's like uh, two yeah. Conor McGregors for that fight and he knocked a grown man out like a sack of potatoes.
1: That was so clean. The way he loaded up on that and just... Clean through the chin. I was like, oh man, that was so pretty. That was good. Yeah. You love to see a that good was absolutely beautiful a good counter in the heavyweight division like that. Slip, blow it up. Right on the money. Porter, man. Can't can't be doing that. Can't be rushing like that. That's crazy. Not against <laughs> not against a bad man.
0: Not against no, a bad man like man. Taffa.
1: And all of the guys in this corner are even bigger. I kept saying that. I was like, man, he's like the little brother. These guys are huge. <laughs> <His> <laughs> whole corner all is adorable. huge. Yeah, they, they made looked like look like, they a literally looked like
0: animated. It did, like <laughs> the, the the proportions didn't look real. <laughs>
1: it did it's honestly, like oh, my god. The is
0: there like is there that much is there enough uh weight support in the octagon for all those uh, giant men to be in there? I don't, I don't know if they uh, planned for that. They exited all the levels out. Yeah. I was big boys Dude, oh, definitely yeah. some big boys. Um, I, I have to ask you, there was another fight that I, I was confused by. Tyson Pedro. A lot of people love this guy, Mary included. Um, I, what the hell, dude? He looked so yeah. bad.
1: Yeah, it was I don't, like, like, City good, City kickboxing
0: right? is starting to lose steam. Yeah. Massively, in my opinion.
1: It's a hot take. No, I mean, hey, the, the bread is in the pudding, right? I mean, you're based off the your last performance, and if you're looking at those performances, yeah, not a good streak for them. And yeah, Tyson, man, you know, it was it was an interesting fight. I think got gassed early, right? I think he thought he might have had a had him early on, but Bukaskis just was chipping away, chipping away, staying busy, you know, just. At the chops, He fought his way back into kind of the away. UFC.
0: So you got to think that's, I mean, that's going to weigh heavily on him, right? Like, he took the so. fight on short notice. He. <sighs> what a guy. He knew
1: it was at stake. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. getting a couple wins outside the octagon, outside of the UFC octagon, I should say. Um, yeah. It, it seemed to pay dividends, you know, because again, he was busy. He was winning those exchanges, showed his strength. And he looked good. Yeah. Tafa, yeah it did feel like after a while, he kind of was just relying on his, like, one, two, or just slip, jab. It that's the thing very... with Pedro
0: that frustrates the hell out of me is he has power, but he never throws combos. He just throws, yeah. like, one or two things at a time. Like, I don't know if he has, like, a two-hit two, two hit maximum on his combos that he's, like, throw uh, Like, I don't get it. Do you have, like, some kind of like inhibitor glitch. chip that's like, oh, you hit two, stop, stop, wait, now throw two more.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> missing the button. There's some glitch. Triangle, triangle. Like- <laughs> not getting there. <laughs>
0: I, I I don't like, understand it because like he has great body kicks, he has like solid uppercuts, he has really good fundamentals, like kind of like what I was saying about Islam Makhachev. He has like a meat and potatoes, like almost rudimentary style, but very, baseline style of striking. He just doesn't use it, and it's not like he's at a bad camp. Like City Kickboxing is usually a really good camp, and, and maybe Jen's right. Like did he just run out of stamina? Maybe, yeah. but I also again like this is going to be a hot take. Oh gosh I used to love him. I'm allowed to fall out of love okay so Mary fell out of you love are. with him. that's fine that's acceptable Fair. um I'm fine with that it happens so it happens it happens happens uh so like again, hot take here but I think city kickboxing is starting to show holes I think they're starting to really fall off and I think they're starting to show the fact that they only have like two to three really good people and it's maybe not because the training there so much is it's because you have a handful of really special people that just because you're lucky chose to train at your gym um eugene Berriman, after his fighters lose constantly goes on the record to say that they didn't listen to him he said that about volkanovsky like when he said it about about israel like i get it like he he was doing things he shouldn't have done he should have gotten his bike for round five and just won that fight against alex pereira he could have won that fight against alex pereira so when he said that he didn't listen to him and he had an ego it, it made sense But to say that about Volk in that fight, that makes zero fucking sense. Volk fought a perfect fight. He just fought a perfect fight against someone that was bigger and better than him on that night. And if you run it 10 times, I don't know that it goes that way every time. But that was just how it went on that night. And as a coach, you should not throw your fighter under the bus and say that he's frustrating and that he needed to get ego checked and things like that. And then outside of Israel Adesanya and Alexander Volkanovsky, who do you really have there? You've got Dan Hooker, who's lost like three of his last four. You've got Shane Young, who's lost three of his last four. Like, you got Tyson Pedro, who has lost two of his last four. So, again, you have all these guys that they get knockouts every now and then, and that's cool, but they're pretty damn inconsistent.
1: Yeah, Kaikar France, another good one to throw in there. Had his rise, was really streaking, but, you know. Into, and I'm a big, big fan of, of
0: his, but inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. He he always gets like two to three wins and then he's off. So you hate to see it, but I, I, I think what we're seeing right now with city kickboxing, it's almost an inevitable thing where you have these like glory days for a gym. And then it, something happens like the Icarus effect where you fly too close to the sun and then you, you just burn up on re-entry. We saw it happen with Greg Jackson, Jim. We've we've kind of seen it happen with AKA to an extent too. Like AKA had five six champions when I was training there. Now they have like one. So evolving,
1: man. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard.
0: Like it's it's really hard to get to the top, and it's even harder to stay there once you get there. Um, It's a lot easier to fall than it is to to stay up atop. So yeah, I, I think City Kickboxing is showing some holes in their game. I'm very intrigued to see what happens with them next? I honestly think Volkanovski versus Yair is a bad matchup for Volkanovski. I think Yair will try to do to him what his plan was to do to Vol or to to do to Islam in exposing the fact that there are holes in his striking game. He's a really good striker, but when you move forward on him, he has shown confusion. He has shown hesitation. We saw it in the first Max Holloway fight. It's why Max had so much success. Max was like, in that second fight, he allowed himself to take more back steps, and then even worse in the third fight, Volk didn't allow him to take a forward step. So, if you make Volk move backwards, he gets uncomfortable, he makes mistakes, he gets punched by a Dagestani wrestler that has no striking and drops to one knee. We've seen it happen. Yep. What happens when he fights the fucking karate kid? <laughs> Dude,
1: those leg kicks, that first leg kick he landed on Josh Emmett, that body one, oh! Oh!
0: The knees and the, the the body kicks that he was landing at will. Every time Josh would step in and the elbows, the coolest thing about the elbows is like when you throw an elbow, typically like you're slicing, right? Like you're coming very exaggerated over the top or you're like turning your whole body in on it. Bro, he didn't have to do any of that for his elbows because Josh Emmett is such a forward fighter, very similar to a, uh, someone named Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, all he was doing was this.
1: Yeah, just leaving it out there. <laughs>
0: Like he would just tap him with it and that's what slid him open. And then same thing. He'd, he'd rush in. He'd go for a quick body shot or you go for a quick headshot. And then he would just, boom, you'd see him lift his knee up and then he would connect to the lower rib. And that's the worst. I don't care how mentally tough you are. Like you can be mentally strong enough to eat a shot to the face, drop to a knee and then jump up and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Good job, bud. Like we saw Volk do it. We've seen Josh take shots like that to the head from from like who who was it that he fought that he shouldn't have beat Calvin Cater. Um, The Calvin Cater fight. I thought Cater beat him and he was eating big, big bombs to the head that whole fight, but he didn't go down. But we saw him go down after like four body shots, five body shots. And that's because headshots for whatever reason. And this is just my personal experience inspiring. You can poker face a couple headshots, even the best ones like you might get close to getting knocked out and it feels like someone's flickering the lights on and off of the room. But if you can get some distance and take a deep breath, you can clear the cobwebs. But if someone hits you with a good body shot, I don't care how much your brain is saying, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Your body is screaming, go down, we're done, kid. <laughs> and you're done. You're fucking done. <laughs> I've
1: like, It's like I've hitting been that dropped. big red button that's like shut down. Nope.
0: <laughs> Dude, swear. It's like hitting the just beep beep like alarm everybody shut down error error like you just get error messages to the brain you're like stay up it's like nope drop
1: lights are off no one's home
0: (laughs) the most i've ever been dropped in sparring was from body shots not headshots and i've been hit by exponentially more headshots than body shots (laughs) There, like there's a reason for that math (laughs) dude oh yeah (laughs) it it shuts your shit down so i i think that that's a very very fun matchup just like i think that dustin poirier is a much more fun matchup for islam makachev than a rematch with Alexander Volkanovsky.
1: Yeah. I think those are the paths to take for UFC matchmakers here. I think that's the move. Win win for us. Things keep going in their respective decisions. And hey, I mean, if, you know, like you said, maybe they both go on a couple of defenses. We're looking at the same time in 2024. Maybe, you know, I'm never going to rule it out. I'll, I'll pay to see that anytime. They're both in their prime. I don't think they're going anywhere. So. Yeah. No. I mean, Dustin is a wild card. Let's let's be honest. I mean, you never know with him. And his he can knock anybody out, dude? Human. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll see, man. I'm, yeah, I'm always gonna root for him, but he was he yeah, was
0: yeah, chinning Khabib think... up for a minute. He almost submitted Khabib. Like That's Khabib will openly forget. admit yeah, to you that would. that was the closest he's ever come to being beaten. Yep.
1: And yeah.
0: he said yeah. in an interview well, he like he just, like, just last dude, year, him. dude. Yeah, like he said last year in an interview, Khabib was like, "If my dad wasn't there, maybe he would have beat me." And then he's like, but this guy, he's like, my dad's in the crowd. This guy's crazy guy. He thinks I'm going to tap. <laughs> this crazy it's crazy like, guy. No, like, it's like, yeah, like, dude, you're going to have to kill me. My fucking, my dad's here. <laughs> this is the only UFC fight my dad's hear. ever been able to come to. There's no fucking way I'm going to tap out. I will die. I know.
1: And the fact that KB was like, I left my neck. I left it once. I said, okay, you grab it. No. Okay. I leave it again. I said, okay, you tie yourself out like, damn. So he was like, okay, yeah, go ahead. You know, I know I'm not to tap it. So go ahead and blow up your arms. Like, oh, God, that's, that's next level IQ right there. That's next level.
0: So we're not going to do a full breakdown of Chandler versus Connor. Cause I actually think that we're going to move these episodes to Wednesdays for sure, for sure, instead of Wednesday or Thursday. And, uh, or, or actually tell us what you think here, Jen, Jen and Mary. Um, when the ultimate fighter comes out, they usually air it on Wednesdays. I'm assuming they're going to do the same thing as usual. Should we do a preemptive show leading up to the new episode every Wednesday? Or should we do a post show on the Thursday to go over the ultimate fighter as well as the upcoming fight card? Um, Because yeah, I definitely want to do some coverage of the ultimate fighter. It's going to be a very, very fun concept. We have Michael Chandler going against Conor McGregor, And they're going to be going against each other at 170 pounds. Uh, Jen says post show all about it. So we will be doing it on Thursdays. We're going to do post shows. And uh, oh, Eric in the chat. Let's go. I like it. So, yeah, we'll do post shows. And they are going to be fighting at 170. I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the concept by now. But it's going to be veterans versus up and comers. And I heard a rumor that Kevin Lee just signed a deal with the UFC. Undisclosed what those contract details are, I'm gonna assume it's for him to fight in the Ultimate Fighter. I think that's where Kevin Lee fits into all of this.
1: Is that gonna be at 155?
0: I think I think maybe he's gonna be at 170.
1: That's a division that could 170. Okay.
0: Uh, I don't know. Are they doing the one 170 pound division, or are they doing? Because I know Connor and Chandler are fighting at 170. They usually tend to do different weight classes than the actual coaches, so I'm not sure.
1: Um, like yeah true
0: but they, they could be doing lightweight Uh, let's see let's see tough season 31 let's see here so it is going to be featherweight or no former UFC featherweight champion I don't think they've listed what it's going to be quite yet no nope 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 they haven't listed the weight classes TBD. for it yet. TBD. But, uh, yeah, it starts – let's see. It doesn't even Does, – is there a release date soon, on it? Right? They started sh- – yeah, I think might... they, they started, like, pre-production right now. Um, it will
1: run from May 30th to August 15th. So they're probably going to be starting okay. soon. Yeah, I would imagine
0: they're starting 30th. soon, if not already, because uh, – A lot of people in in one of my my chats were saying that they're probably going to try and do that for International Fight Week. I think there's no possible way. Just because the testing pool situation, Connor still has to have been in the testing pool for six months before he can fight. But he can coach on the show before having hit that six-month mark. I think this is going to be a way for them to stall that and then give them, as well as the finalists that are going to fight for the contract at the end, that three-month period to train for the fight. They'll film for three months, and then they'll fight three months later. I think six months from now is when we see that fight.
1: I'd agree with that timeline. That sounds at least the most realistic as much as I think want probably like, like national
0: August something like August, September. Oh, cool. Connor landed in Vegas yesterday. So we'll hear, we'll hear some headlines about him punching an old man in a bar soon. That'll be fun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: or getting hit by a car <laughs> while he's on his bicycle.
1: Oh my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> what guy. what an off he's been having. Oh, uh, nothing has been do announced yet for
0: international fight week officially. Um, I haven't heard anything at all. I'm in a group with like 22 guys and we're literally all just like chomping at the bit, waiting for, for something to happen. Uh, nothing for international fight week. If I had to guess, I would say we're probably going to get Jamal Hill versus Yuri Prakaska for the headliner of international fight week. Um, I think that makes the most sense realistically. And then we might get like in the co-main event uh, if they want to do like a really, really big blown out of national fight week like they have done previously where they have like two to three big, big title fights, I think uh, we might end up getting um, the the Volkanovsky versus Yair fight or getting um, Islam versus his next opponent. I like it. I think I'm that huge. makes sense. Um, and that. then maybe we'll get an announcement for Patty Pimlet. I think maybe Patty Pimlet versus definitely not Terrence McKinney now that he lost. Uh, I think Drew Dober versus Patty Pimlet would be a lot of fun.
1: Been hearing that. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun.
0: I think that Jerry will be ready by then.
1: Too. Yeah.
0: It's it's tough to say because like Dana, Dana was hyping it up saying it's like the worst shoulder injury we've ever seen. blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, Yuri then tweeted that he'll be back in six months so like I don't know um and he also seems like the type of guy that like if he's out for six months he's gonna be like you give me three weeks training and I'm going to take my belt back that's just how Yuri is right like he's the samurai so I I think I think those are the fights to make um yeah we we could go on about this all day so We will save some for next episode. Next episode is going to be action-packed. Definitely a really good fight card. Again, uh, I'll post the kind of okay parlay up on the Twitter. That way you guys have a, a hard copy of that if you want to follow along and place your bets along with us. And thanks again to Miss Mary, Jen, Eric, anybody else that's lurking there, not chatting. We appreciate every single one of you guys. And if you haven't already, please, please, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications and uh yeah Emiliano, anything you want to say to the people
1: thanks again love being here uh looking forward to the upcoming fight cards go tune on saturday see you soon let's
0: go let's go guys we'll see you then peace